and welcome to Cathode Ray Mission. This is a show where we review movies that are streaming. Um, and I am Will Scoville in Berkeley, California. With me, as always, is Randy Heyer in Oklahoma City. Hey, Randy. Hey, what's going on, Will? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, Randy uh, is here without a shirt because it's very yeah. hot in Oklahoma. It is. What? It what? just rained, so it's oh, humid yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. I yeah. Um, with us this week, we brought on another guest. We had fun with Stephen Koo uh, on a previous episode, and so this week, uh, I brought on another uh, person I work with uh, at Comedio and on Nerd Rage, the Great Debates. Uh, this is from San Francisco, Christy Ono. Hello, Christy. Hello, Will and Randy. Thank you so much for having me on uh, this podcast. Thank you for Thanks coming for, on. Coming on. Yeah. Um, and so the movie that we're reviewing this week is one that I've seen quite a few times. Um, and I, it's not one that I would have picked though. So it's kind of, I kind of like that Christy, you picked it. Yeah. Uh, and this is from 1979, Alan Arkish's rock and roll high school featuring the Ramones. Um, <laughs> Christy, why don't you tell us why you picked this movie? Um, First of all, thank you for indulging me. I kind of did not realize what I was getting into with this. I, I was uh, listening to a podcast about the history of the Ramones and they, they brought this up and I was just like, okay, this sounds like fun. And I, I realized that I had it on a one of the subscriptions that I have to a streaming whatever platform. And I was like, oh, I want to watch this. And like, this is a perfect accountability for me to actually <laughs> watch the movie. So... Thanks for holding me accountable to my own bullshit. I appreciate it. You've never it. seen this before. I had not. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this is um yeah, this is one I I mentioned that I've seen more than once. I think I first saw it in college. Um and it's just, you know, for me it was just there at a certain point I felt like a lot of people that I I at least like hung out with had seen it and it was just kind of in our back pocket of something that we'd reference every now and again, but it wasn't like a key movie that, that everyone kind of held up at all. It was just kind of in the, you know, cult, like the zeitgeist, we all kind of knew about it. Yeah. For some reason, like Corman movies, cause this is a Roger Corman mm -hmm. produced movie too. And those movies just weren't on my radar for, or yeah. any of my friends' radio, like Death Race 2000. I saw these movies later. Maybe yeah. this one I saw in high school because the Ramones are in it. But mm -hmm. other like Death Race 2000, which is a Paul Bartel movie, he's, and he's like my favorite character in Rock and Roll High School. But yeah. um, uh, some of those other movies I didn't see until later. And I'm like, why? Because they're really good. I just, for some reason, thought that, I don't know. I didn't know what, I don't know what I thought about them. But yeah. It's yeah, it's his own style for sure. And um, so, yeah, Roger Corman. I don't know, Christy. How how much have you? Do you know anything about Roger Corman? He did all these like uh, no, really cheap movies uh, with people who ended up going on to become like really big directors. So, like James yes. Cameron and um, Scorsese, Scorsese, and and Francis Ford Coppola. 
Uh, they've all worked for Roger Corman at some point in time, you know, before going off and making these huge movies and becoming these Oscar winning directors. And Joe Dante is involved in this movie too. Yes. The guy who uh, made Gremlins. Yeah. He made and Gremlins and like Explorers and. Yeah. Interspace. And what? Interspace. Inter- Interspace. Yeah. Gremlins 2. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Halloween um, is my favorite. That's his like second movie, first, second movie. Which one? He kicks, uh, the Howling. Oh, the Howling. Hard to say. Not Halloween, but ha- yeah. the Howling. <laughs> it's kind of, I don't know. It's, I've had a hard time always, my whole life saying that. Yeah, that one's like like Howling 3. Yes, um, the Howling, like a wolf would howl. Yeah. Howl, howl by, uh, Ginsburg. Okay. Yeah, something oh, nice. like that. But uh, <laughs> but it's, it's a werewolf movie. It's the second best. It's not as good as American Werewolf. I'm getting us way off track. I know. He, yeah, I mean, we're... He, this is this is how CRM works, though, you know. <laughs> um, so, Christy, mm-hmm. this being the first time that you've seen this movie, what was your what was your biggest takeaway of that of of Rock and Roll High School? Um, well, I mean, I, I did enjoy it. I also like the reason why I wanted to watch it is like I heard that it was mostly a Ramones concert for the last part of it. I'm like. I'm not going to be able to do that. I'd love to see that. And so like that, it definitely delivered as a Ramones concert for like the last 20 minutes, which was pretty great. Great. Um, it was also really goofy. Like I Mm -hmm. couldn't really get a handle on what was like actually happening, which I enjoyed. Right. I was like, Oh, this is just some wild stuff. Like the mice thing. So yeah. many, so many times. <laughs> that was really like airplane or it was virgin and like the smoking in the boys room, mm-hmm. the office in the boys room. It's yeah. It became kind of like an airport, like broad, like airplane or top secret or some shit like that at that yeah. point, you know, naked. Yeah. yeah. It was like this fantastic realism in like just this most, the most ridiculous kind of setting. And I was like, yeah, I I'm enjoying this. Way more than I thought I would. This is so cool. Um, And so I also want to mention that, you know, that I had always forgotten, like, how much concert, like, how they just kind of threw a Ramones concert. Mm -hmm. It's like... Okay, next song. 10 to 12 minutes of unbroken Ramones songs and just, Um, like, them playing. Yeah. Yeah. It is really cool. And it's like, I know, like, I I like the movie um, Hard Day's Night, the Beatles movie. Um, I love Hard Day's Night. Because it is, it does function as like okay. You and wanna, I love wanna, a movie built around a real band too. Yeah, and it's like you know the the Beatles though were like way more charismatic than the Ramones, um, oh, and oh, way yeah. better actors. <laughs> yeah, and so it you can really build that story around them and have fun with it. But also a good thing, a good part of that movie is that you get to hear all those Beatles songs that you love and mm-hmm. in their original context and not in some weird story jukebox musical uh, way about a world that uh, doesn't know who the Beatles are. Um, and I want to see that movie. You're I do about too. Yesterday. Yeah. Oh, I saw it. It was pretty it, fun. Was well, it? Yeah. Because yeah. there's Across the Universe too, which is another jukebox musical about yeah. uh, the Beatles, or it uses Beatles music. So yeah. I, I want to see. I want to see Yesterday. That's kind of like a fun. I don't fun know concept. Just, I. I so they do a couple of like they they bag on like Ed Sheeran a couple of times in that movie, and like he seems like such a sport about it. Where I'm like, oh, this is fun. It just seems like a bunch, bunch of goofballs. They bag on who? Ed Shearer? Yeah. What's his name? Ed Sheeran? Sheeran. 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 That guy. Yeah, he's in it. He is? 
Yeah, that means. Uh, I'm in love with the shape of you. That yeah. Guy. <laughs> okay, like, so they make jokes at him, and it's funny. It's always weird to me when they put someone like really contemporary and big in a movie because mm-hmm. sometimes it works, but sometimes it's like. Um, I'd be surprised I'd, if he's built to last, but we'll we'll he, see. Yeah, like if you in ten watched, years, people will be like, "Who is this person?" If you watch like uh, the the Josie and the Pussycats movie, which was like made a movie of its time, where like um, Total Request Live is like <laughs> a big scene in that movie, mm-hmm. um, and remembering is it that, really, like, I haven't ever seen that movie. I like that movie. Um, I don't know. I haven't watched it in a it's long good. time though. Isn't it anti piracy? That's like kind of the plot. No, it's more like um, it's super branded. Um, okay. So there's, but it's not product placement. It's a, it's like um, kind of a talk. I mean, in a weird way, it's talking about like manufactured music industry and how everything else is sold to you and all the logos and stuff. They they just went to those companies and said, "Hey, can we just have permission? You don't have to pay us anything." Uh, we'll just put your logo all over our movie. Hmm. Um, and some, somewhere down the line, we should do just do the Pussy Cats. And I don't know. What do you think? Let's do the what? Just do that movie. Oh, we should. Yeah. Cats. Yeah. Yeah. But um, anyway, how do we even get there? That's I don't know. We we're talking about movies that are about real band, fictional movies that feature real bands. Yeah. And I, you can tell the Ramones, the part when she is basically, she's smoking weed in her room, which I love <laughs> the flippant attitude. Because like nine to five is another movie where they all share a joint, you mm-hmm. know, and that uh, Lily Tomlin talks about getting weed from her son, and poltergeists are smoking weed, just like uh, husband and wife and stuff. I mean, we've we're getting back to that point, but I mean, in the late seventies, we were kind of in a place where weed was like not really like demonized and stuff. And it yeah, was like, yeah. I mean, it's cool to like smoke. I don't know. Now I'm getting off on a tangent. Well, but, it's uh, like kind of like post sixties. Um, pre-war on drugs era it's kind of like there's a lot i mean i don't know i think the attitude then and now again is like there's a lot more things to worry about than fucking smoking pot you know but anyway um the part when riff randall we should tell talk about what the plot is about the little oh, yeah. plot that there is but when riff randall's having like smokes weed in her bedroom has like kind of a sex dream about ramones mm-hmm. i loved watching the ramones having so much fun doing this because yeah. like and then she falls into, I think it's Marky, Maki, Maki Ramon. I kept thinking about that best show. I don't know if you guys listen to the best show, but yeah. they do a, a skit or a, skit, a call in where it's like Marky Ramon's erotic. Uh, <laughs> he writes like some kind of like erotic novel or something. He's trying to read it over the phone. It's really funny. Ooh. But, um, but um, she like, when she like falls into his arms, he's playing drums. Just like yeah. the look he gives is so yeah. genuinely like, yeah, he's like, yeah. I can't believe we're in this movie, bro. Like, <laughs> like, can you believe we're in this movie? It's just like, I loved all those little instances like, yeah. where yeah. you could just tell their amends were just like, I can't believe that we're mm-hmm. in this movie right now. You know? Yeah. That was- yeah. Who's who's the the guy in the shower, Dee Dee Ramon? Right when he just yeah. like flips up with all the water, I thought yes, that was yes, yeah, so fun. I'm like, oh, <laughs> what are you guys are just you know hanging out? Or, or so <laughs> yeah, that um, was a super weird scene, um, but like everyone looked thirty, so it was also fine. Yeah, yeah, um, and like the biggest problem I had with that is like, don't wear your shoes on your bed. That feels so gross. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, just take off your sneakers. You're at home. Yeah. Yeah. She's a rebel, though, you know? <laughs> no. Yeah. That was weird. So, anyway, what's this, like, rundown with the pod is? This I got real Grease vibes from the Like, I feel oh, like yeah. this because it's set in the same high school as Grease. It's, like, oh, 20 it years it? later or something. Oh, is it really? Yeah. No, I just felt that way to me. Oh, okay. You know? oh, okay. Like, it just had... It just had big grease vibes to yeah. me. I don't know why. And Carrie, which PJ Souls is in, famously one of the girls, like the one of the meanest girls, mm. or the meanest girl. She's the one that orchestrates the bucket of blood. And oh, and Carrie, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Okay. I think she's wearing the hat, like like the one I'm wearing. Is is that the wish, or is that someone different? Uh, Even yeah, the, the prom, hat. Yes, a she hat. wears a hat. Yes. Yes, she originated that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I love her, you know. And then she's also one of the three girls in Halloween. She's chaotic good in that movie. Yeah. I was, and she's uh, not a bad person. She does get killed by Michael Myers. I think she's in Stripes, right? Maybe. <laughs> I've seen that movie a bunch of times, but I've seen like, it once. that's one of those movies, the cliche is like, nobody can tell you what happens in the second half of the movie. You know? Yeah. I feel that way, honestly. Yeah. I've seen it a bunch of times. and. Once they're done with training and shit, it's like, who gives a shit? <laughs> anyway, so this movie is about high school and it's sort of Greece in the way that they introduce like the nerd, the jock, the hot girls, the, the, uh, well, you know, the greaser shit. <laughs> I don't know, the punks, you know, whatever. They, yeah. they just show all the clicks and stuff. And um, like they kind of introduce a few characters who will have sort of like, story through lines to the movie but otherwise there's not like a plot at all except mm -hmm. that the principal hates rock and roll mm -hmm. it's kind of the plot of the movie yeah mm -hmm. and riff randall loves the ramones and loves lives for rock and roll and that's that's it really yeah right i mean and and pretty much you give that that scenario and you just let everything else just kind of happen and and you let the characters kind of drive this and i was curious um uh christy i mean mm -hmm. have you seen you've seen uh fast times at ridgemont high right i've seen okay uh it's played in the background of many parties i've okay had. i was probably higher drunk and i don't think i've seen it from start to finish in one go okay because this is like it has it, it's made in the same era mm -hmm. uh, around this you know within the uh you know uh a few years of each other. Um, is this like 80? Th this is 79. 79, okay. Yeah, but it's set in 1980. Yeah. Right. Um, but it also kind of like, it has... Just like Friday the 13th, actually. Yeah. Fun fact, oh. fun trivia, anyway. It uh, it just kind of has a cast of characters that you follow, and some storylines are bigger than others, but, you know, there's all these other little subplots, kind of like Spicoli and everything, comes out of one of those little mm -hmm. subplot uh, things that's kind of going on. Um, this kind of does the same thing, but takes kind of the naked gun, um, airplane route and then sticks at a Ramones concert, um, at the very end, which I don't know. I enjoyed watching that. It's, um, it was surprisingly unoffensive too. Yeah. I oh, think yeah. I heard one homophobic slur maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'm dreaming, but I think I did hear one. But that's actually for a movie like from this era, I was expecting there to be a lot of super problematic stuff. And there wasn't a whole lot that I was like, whoa, there was this. Okay, this is a total airplane-esque joke too, but when she's waiting in line for the Ramones, 
there's a guy wearing a full Indian headdress. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. there's like, it's a scalper. And it's yep. just like a white guy, too. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> I was like, damn it, movie. Yeah. Luckily, that, that wasn't, he does show up again at the concert, but yeah, they didn't, they didn't dwell on that joke too long. But other than that, I mean, compared to a movie like The Monster Squad, which I watched kind of recently, which is like zero to 60, like one of the most homophobic movies oh, really? I've ever seen. Yeah. I haven't seen that in a long time. I mean, in a way, it's like the kids are, it, the movie is kind of honest about how kids talked then. Yeah. But it's also like, damn, these kids are not, it's like, just like, it's just, it's but blows your hair back at how offensive, like the Maxell commercial. You're just like, <laughs> whoa. But it's also like, that's, that's antiquated fucking nonsense. Like, yeah, they talked, Damn. they talked how kids talk, but I also quoted the Monster Squad when I was a kid. And so I was learning it from those movies. And so, um, yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, I, I definitely said stupid shit when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. And I, I watched that movie and was probably like, <laughs> you know, like you hear the F word or whatever. And yeah. you go out and you call your friend that. It's like, it's funny, you know, like, yeah. Um, and it's, it's, movies aren't like that now, you know? Well, I mean, it's like even going back and watching Ace Ventura again um, is wrong. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't do it. The transphobic movie ever oh made. Oh, my God. Um, and that, to me, I mean, that's one of the top funniest movies I ever saw in a theater. Just my yeah. perspective. Oh, yeah. In 93, going to see Ace Ventura, just being like, the guy from In Living Color isn't a movie, you know? Just like, I don't know. I laughed my ass off. I was like nine years old. Yeah. Shit was funny as fuck. Yeah. I mean, you know, we all get to learn and grow. That's yeah. <laughs> what we a do, indeed. Time. Yeah. But my parents didn't say anything either. Anyway, whatever. Sorry, yeah. Christy. Is this super overwhelming? Oh <laughs> no. Crazy uh, tangent. Not at all. It's actually a, a like I agree. Like this was not as problematic as it potentially could be. Like rewatching a lot of like the movies from my childhood, it's a lot of flinching at like, oh, they just let us fucking watch this stuff. That's yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it you know, the the of course the person in the the scalper. I like that's I was like, sure, sure, sure. That was, <laughs> was seventy nine, that's fine. Yeah, um, it was not yeah. Um but yeah, it was not not as not as bad as I as it could have been. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. And Riff Randall was like a good person too. That was one thing I was just like, I mean, this movie's dumb. I don't want to give it too much credit, but I liked a lot that, okay. Mary Warnoff plays. Okay. I don't know where to, <laughs> no, I'm about to go on off a totally different cha- tangent. Mm-hmm. I found Mary Warnoff extremely attractive in this movie. The yeah, principal. me too. She okay. was just like, Oh my God. I was just like, <laughs> what is happening? Like, but um. She's the like the sadistic like fascist principal who hates rock and roll, but she's just there's something about her that's very sexy. But um, she steals Riff Randall, who's the biggest Ramones fan ever. She steals her and her best friend's tickets, and but Riff Randall bought tickets for everyone, and her friends yeah. come up and are like, "Oh, I can't wait to see you there!" And she doesn't even say that they lost her tickets yeah. in her face. And I'm just like, wow, Riff Randall's like a nice person, you know? Like she's very mature. I think I would have been like, hey. 
actually, can you, like, at that age, I might have been like, actually, can you give me that ticket? Because I lost my, you know, <laughs> or I would have said something. Mm-hmm. She doesn't say anything, and that was nice. And then this boy, one of the storylines is, like, this boy likes Riff Randall, and he's pays Clint Howard, who's sort of like a, the underground, like, black market high he's school. Like Fonzie. He's like He's like the Silk Road of high school. <laughs> or so, yeah, he's sort of like a Fonzie. It's like, is he a student or... I looked it up. I, he was twenty in the movie when they sure. made. It. So <laughs> he was really was surprising like to see, and I really enjoyed what he was doing. He was Clint like, Howard, yeah, Clint Howard. I didn't expect that. I was like, "Hey!" I know, me too. You. I couldn't. I was really surprised <laughs> that he became such a character in the movie. I thought he yeah. would be in like two scenes. Yeah, and he kept yeah. showing up and stuff. It's sort of like he and the football player become like best friends yeah. in the movie. And it, yeah. I don't know. I like little things like that and stuff. But um, but anyway, one of the whole things is this, like the captain of the football team wants to date Riff Randall. And so he pays Clint Howard for his services and Clint is going to hook him up somehow. And basically, Clint also accepts a deal from a different, who's Riff Randall's best friend, a different girl who wants that football player. It's like this love triangle type situation. But the football player calls Riff Randall while her friend is there and asks her on a date. And she accepts and hangs up the phone. And you're like, what? Riff Randall's like a dick to her friend. But then she's like, no, just kidding. You think I would ever do that to you? You're my friend. And I was just like, wow, like, I love this character. Like, when that, because that was, like, right after the ticket scene, it's just, like, I mean, I don't want to give the movie too much credit, but I just, Mm -hmm. I thought Riff Randall was kind of, like, a saint of rock and roll in this movie, you know? Like, she's just, like, a really (laughs) cool fucking character, you know? Like, I I liked her a lot, so. Um, Yeah, she was able to, like, lead the entire school uh, and the music teacher <laughs> they pull, they uh, in a massive school. revolt against <laughs> all all people in authority who didn't sign on, including the lunch staff, um, where they had tied them up and threw food at them like a firing squad. Um, really and then they burned the school down. <laughs> they blew it up. They didn't just no, burn it They blew it up. It was a massive explosion because Kate Rambo, her friend, is like... a they make all these references to her like putting the atom and doing all these like crazy brilliant things. And, and she, you know, puts together an explosive and they do that little thing and yep. it explodes. It's crazy. She commits an act of terrorism at the end. Basically. <laughs> and it, I, I was reading just, about it. It's, that's the real demolition of that school. Yeah. They, they filmed it at that school and then they were like, then they filmed the real demolition of it. And that's the end of the movie. I mean, brilliant. You know, nice. like wonderful low budget ingenuity, I think. <laughs> Was the school I, being demolished anyway? Is that the, yeah, the story? Yeah. Or? yeah okay. <laughs> it had not been used since 76. And they're like, let's okay. use it. And then they were like, we're going to demolish. Like, there, it was planned to be demolished. And like, we're going to film a movie here. And then we'll film the demolition. And that'll be the end of the movie. Yeah. That's pretty great. Yeah. Um, well, hey, why don't we go ahead and take a break and come back with our uh, ratings and recommendations. I 
would rather have a day job than be a Pokemon master. Han Solo is clearly more attractive than Indiana Jones. I would take the Star Wars trilogy over the Matrix trilogy any time. The Legend of Zelda versus Super Mario. Who's better in bed, Jafar or Gaston? And would Thanos masturbate with the Infinity Gauntlet or not? Every week, Nerd Rage The Great Debates brings you the funniest comics, writers, and podcasters to settle some of geekdom's most divisive topics. Find us on Spotify or wherever you find podcasts. Today, documentary films are experiencing a major renaissance, and for good reason. But why are audiences increasingly choosing fact over fiction? Is it a dearth of realism, like endless comic book sequels and end-of-the-world action movies? Are viewers choosing authentic storytelling over spectacular visuals and far-fetched plots? Or maybe it's because docs f***ing rule. Hi, I'm Paco Romain. And I'm George Chen. And we host SupDoc. We didn't go to film school. We're just two comedians that dork out on docs. And since 2015, we've been recapping amazing documentaries with comedians, actors, and filmmakers like legendary comedians Dana Gould and Todd Glass. Musicians like Yacht and Dan Deacon. And even media stars like Jesse Thorne and Francesca Fiorentini. The AV Club called us enlightening, and Boing Boing said, SupDoc is a great idea for a podcast. So find us wherever you get your podcasts or join us at SupDocPodcast.com. And follow us on social media at Subdoc Podcast. Welcome back. And we're here with our ratings and recommendations section. Uh, Big roundup. The big roundup as we I feel we, like you're trying to back away from that, but I'm I don't gonna, know. I don't know. I just I want that to, getting, I want that to was, live. You want the big roundup? Okay, this is the big roundup. I think when we come back from the break, it should always be the big roundup. <laughs> okay, it will always be the big roundup. Uh, I apologize if episodes uh, play out of order where I don't say the big roundup. Oh my God. I think I bring it up most times. Uh, You'll, yeah, true fans will know. <laughs> um, okay, so Christy, this is where we rate uh, on a one to five scale what you think okay. of this movie. What rating would you give Rock and Roll High School? So I'm going to give it a four. A four um, star? Because, it, yeah, because, four like, listen, four with an asterisk, because, like, hey, this is a good movie for, like, chill hangs and, like, party time atmosphere. Uh, so know what you're getting into for the most part going into it. But it's if you go in expecting that, then, like, it delivers four or five stars. How does that sound? Sounds like good. Like, going... Sounds good to me. And you'll definitely get it at the end. <laughs> Randy? Um, I, you know, I think I'll give it... I'll give it three and a half out of five. I do want to bring up, before, we're, before I forget, that I love the teacher character. And Paul Bartell, he was a, a Corman regular. He made um, Death Race 2000 and Eden Raul. He directed those those two. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but he he's the one that suggested that they use the Ramones. Like Corman wanted disco, and then they went went through several variations. And the band ultimately he was trying to get was Cheap Trick or some other band. And yeah. when they couldn't get either Paul Bartel, who plays the music teacher, he suggested the Ramones. And he I just love this character because he's like the classical teacher. But instead of what they would do in like a lot of movies like that, where it's just like somebody who loves music is giving a comeuppance for being stuffy or something, it's more like he is Riff Randall gives him a ticket. And it's just another moment of Riff Randall being a saint. You know, she gives mm-hmm. him a ticket, 
And he goes to the show and is just like, oh, I love this. And he yeah. calls the Ramones the Beethovens of their generation. Yeah. And, shit. and it's just like a really funny, cute, I, lo- I love that, that storyline in the movie. So actually, now that I think about it, I'm going to give it four out of five stars. Give it four? Wow, okay. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. And I like any movie that's going to use a, you know, just a real band, but it's like a totally goofy, crazy movie. Like, I don't know, it was fun. It was a good time. <laughs> Uh, so my rating is, uh, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it three and a half. I'm going to stick with my three and a half, uh, and not go to four. Um, I do like this movie a lot and I have always enjoyed it. Um, I like the goofiness of it. I really enjoyed, uh, watching it again, the Ramones footage at the very end of just, um, a fun Ramones concert, uh, more or less. Um, and it's kind I'm of bumping like, mine down to three and a half. I'm sorry. I gotta, oh, no. I was going to say, Will, can I persuade you to a four star? I'm, I got to go back down to three. I got to stay true to it. And the more I think about it, the Paul Bartel moment does not upgrade it a full half star, although I like it a lot. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a very good movie. And, and um, it's very much like a party movie. It's one that you can throw in with a group. And I think if people haven't watched it before, it's always fun to watch it with people for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also very enjoyable watching, um, I don't know, a couple times a year, every, every couple of years. I enjoyed it a lot. The older I get, I like it more. I yeah. Just, you know, because like when I was in high school, I was like, I'm in high school. It's like, this is stupid. You know, I yeah. just didn't want to watch movies like that when I was in high school. I wanted to watch wild at heart or whatever you know like but adult movies mm-hmm. yeah yeah but now that i'm older watching like a fantasy about something that is very far removed from me yeah now is yeah it's it's fun more fun so uh, a high school setting where people don't actually really do schoolwork. um yeah always a fantasy of mine where i get to see all my friends um my parents aren't there uh, I am given a lunch and um, I don't really have to do anything else. So. Yeah, there's like organized crime and stuff happening <laughs> amongst the students and shit. It's not uh, like that. Yeah, they never show people being stressed about tests and stuff. You have to there, go there to was, like Pete and Pete and stuff like that for that kind of shit. They, they were a little bit when, when Riff got that call from football player from Tom. Yeah. Uh, a little bit. I a mean, little bit. But yeah, in these movies in general, I think there's not a whole lot of like, they don't focus on how stressful the schoolwork is itself, you know? Yeah. A fault. I mean, I guess yeah. Breakfast Club sort of did a little yeah. bit. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, they talked about the permanent record for like, They did, a yeah. They did, yeah, they did. And, <laughs> but, like, and she uh, destroyed those permanent records in yeah. grand style. It was, it was very funny. Yeah. So, and Dick Miller showed up at the end. Yeah, Dick Miller was at the end. Uh, Joe Dante Staple. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Um, he was like he, the, he's the little cop guy. Like, oh, he, yes. yeah. It's so funny how he's like a foot and a half shorter than Mary Warnaw, who's just yeah. like a giantess. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, Dick Miller was a cop in this amazing Star Trek episode. Ah. Um, that's Star Trek Deep Space Nine, where he's like taken in as a hostage and it really talks about like all of, I mean, a lot of the current event stuff. So Deep Space Nine, um, I think it's like something about like present something. Mm. Anyway, go look for that episode. It's great. 
Hmm. Well, I, so I think there's this other actor, Robert Picardo, who I think shows up in Star mm-hmm. Trek. You know him, Christy? Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's another one of uh, Joe Dante's kind of uh, staples. So he and like Dick Miller and there's a few other people who are in like a ton of his movies. Hmm. Um, That's fun. Yeah, and Joe Dante's a fun. Star Trek. <laughs> did Joe Dante do the Burbs? He did do the Burbs. Oh, the oh. Burbs is one of the best movies. This is so good. So underrated. It is like. It, you try to describe that movie to people, and it's like, okay, well, we're, just, they're living in the suburbs, and these creepy people, and it's just like... It's like a horror comedy, but it's for, unlike like... Unlike anything... Anybody, yeah. Yeah. Um, Carrie Fisher's in it, and... and yeah, Tom Hanks. I mean, Rick T. Common. great cast. I mean, his... Rick T. Common is one of the funniest fucking people <laughs> ever. He's in that... He's a, the crazy neighbor, Walt, I think yeah. his name is, and... He's like the instigator, kind of, for everything that happens in the bird. But everything is true. He's right about everything. Yeah, it is. But it's just a masterful comic performance. He died like many years ago. Anyway. Yeah. So that that does the same thing where, like, yeah, the, like one of the guys who's really pushing it and instigating a lot of the action is right about everything. And turns out, you know, Doctor Loomis and Halloween is one of those types of people. Where yeah, like he's a terrible doctor, like in real life, but he turns out to be like <laughs> Michael is pure evil. Like, I mean, yeah. in real life, that would never happen, but in the movie, that's the the logic works. And there's also like Walter in The Big Lebowski, who absolutely, yeah. Is like a, a takes everything to like the, the 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 max, but is also right at the very beginning about like it's no big deal, it's all fake, mm. and he believes that he's told that from the very beginning, and he believes that the whole way through. Um, anyway, uh, recommendations time. What would you recommend, uh, either of you, uh, based on this movie? What is, what is something like if you like this, you might also like that. Oh. Um... This was a, it seemed like a fun high school music-y type of movie, which always brings to mind like Empire Records or um, Clueless for me. They both had like really good soundtracks. One is literally in a music store. I don't like was a big high school favorite of mine. So. And Clueless does feature the boss tones as themselves in the movie. <laughs> That's true. Yep performing also uh, one of their great songs (laughs) yeah Andy, did you see the boston's i have seen the boston i like them at warp i saw them at warp tour in 2002 i think nice it's jackknife to a swan era a little later but they put the hits yeah i never got i never got into ska i was not one of those kids um it was all around me uh, a lot of it's purely unlistenable now, but some of it, you know, I mean, the Boston's are one of the bands that kind of, mm-hmm. they're a little bit better. Lesson Jake, for instance, is one of the bands I that was Lesson. cool. I can't handle it to, to this. Now I just can't handle it. Some of the uh, just simplistic messages and the way he sings is just weird. I don't know. But like Rancid, Boston's, I don't know. Some of that stuff I kind of like still. Op Ivy. Anyway, I didn't. Do you have any more recommendations? I didn't mean to you here. Um, no, that's, that's basically it. Also, a huge fan of Rancid and Operation Ivy, and like just kind of briefly got into ska, and it is such a funny thing to have as a thing in your past. Where like, yeah, a whole bunch of checkered stuff. It was yeah. just you know, 
It's a good time though. We had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. It was exactly getting sunburned at like warp tour. That's that's about it. Mm-hmm. But still, what a fun childhood time. Absolutely. Uh, Randy, you got any recommendations for the, based on this one? Well, yeah, you said a hard day's night. I hate to take that away from you if you were going to say that, but that's a oh, you good can. You can take example. That. Hard day's night is different though, because that movie, the Beatles were talented enough to have a whole movie based on them where yeah. they're the primary actors in the movie. <laughs> the Ramones, I mean, we, I just, we were talking about the story where they picked a band, but they are in the movie enough, you know, but they're not. It would have been a disaster for them. I'm trying to think of a band like Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park would be like a, a movie from the same time period where the band is the primary actors and it's like famously horrible. They've married them. It's, yeah, it's very hard to find Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. It's, it's an extremely bad movie. But... um. <laughs> But um, for so for this, yeah, I mean that I think Crush Groove maybe mm. sort of like a good one of my maybe my favorite movie um, that is fictional but about kind of about real things featuring people playing themselves and stuff primarily because yeah. It, yeah that looks yeah, good. Like, I haven't seen that Blair one. Underwood either. playing Russell Simmons and shit, but yeah, right. I haven't seen that one since the '90s. I think. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen it's that good. one. Speaking of a movie where Rick Rubin in particular says some very homophobic, his very homophobic language and notable scenes in the movie. So it is kind of like, whoa, like it's very of its time. But um, then as far as high school movies, I, of course, I can't think of anything when I see a high school explode in the seventies uh, and over the edge, which is mm. the premiere blowing up your high school movie in the 70s. Yeah, I like this movie, but Over the Edge is like a drama about kids. It just has Matt Dillon in it. It's it's kind of unimpeachable. You can't... It's it's a a really great movie. It's written by Tim Hunter, who would go on to make River's Edge, which is one of the best teenage movies. So, and uh, he directed Tex with Matt Dillon, which is based see Hinton novels so I mean I love all that kind of shit yeah that's like oaky wisdom uh, <laughs> you know like at that yeah. see Hinton shit but um so that's a special place in my heart of course but anyway yeah over the edge I've seen like once or twice uh River's Edge I've seen quite a few times and I'm kind of with the new like Bill and Ted movie that has been announced I'm kind of interested in going back and looking at Keanu Reeves like early work um and like Prince of Pennsylvania and even Cowgirls yeah. and and uh I was uh, I was kind of started Babes watching Toyland. Toyland. Yeah. Um uh my own private Idaho, I kinda started watching. Him. Dude, I'm gonna screen it next me and uh Ron, the drummer in chat pile, we were talking about it. He's never seen it, so we're gonna oh, screen man, it yeah. next week, like because where the theater's not open yet, and like I'm just like Maybe I shouldn't say that. Oh, fuck it. I don't know. Who cares? Nobody, nobody's going to get on me for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, We're going to watch it. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's it was good. I just, um, sometimes I cut movies in half, so. Um, but as far as a recommendation for this, I would, uh, I'll kind of go the route of um, Alan Arkish. If you like this, you might want to check out the director. Um, another movie he did, Get Crazy, is very much in the same style. And Christy, when we were recording another show, I kind of mentioned this one, and I forgot the name of it. 
but it's called Get Crazy. Um, and it's uh, essentially if you had took the concert section of this movie and made that oh. an entire movie about the people um, kind of setting up and running the, the venue. Whoa, it's really? at, at, like, I've never seen that. that sounds oh, cool. it's so good. It's got Daniel Stern in it. Um, I think it's got Malcolm McDowell in it. A lot of the same crazy, weird um, gags and stuff, um, including uh, instead of a rat, it's someone dressed up like a giant joint. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's my recommendation. Uh, first is get crazy. And then if you kind of want to follow Alan Arkish, you can also do like Heart Beeps, which is a crazy ass movie um, with Andy, movie, right? Andy Kaufman in it oh, okay. and Bernadette Peters. And they play robots. Um, in a robot world, and it's weird. The I work with is really into that movie. I didn't really? know about it until kind of recently. He told me about it. Oh, it it's it, yeah, it's one of those ones that um, I don't know. If, I don't know if cause I, like if I had come into it earlier, um, I could definitely probably be into it. But I don't know. I, I haven't seen it. Um, it seemed so the most like the most painfully slow thing ever. Yeah, because like, we watched a scene from it, and I was just like. It was. It felt like anti-comedy, which maybe yeah. it's supposed to be like, but like Tim and Eric, like Tim and Eric Unleashed, like Tim and Eric Bedtime Stories, and not yeah. awesome show. Like yeah. when it gets long and stuff. I don't know. Mm. But from like eighty-one or eighty-two, with yeah. Andy Kaufman as a robot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So maybe that's not a recommendation, but uh, Get Crazy definitely is. Uh, but if you want to follow that rabbit hole of Alan Arkish, then go for it. Um, you know, a less distinguished career than his partner at the time, Joe Dante. Yes, much. Uh, although he has created a few uh, TV shows. Um, so whatever. Yeah. Um, okay, so that about wraps it up for this one. Uh, Christy, is there anything you want to plug uh, uh, so that listeners can know what you're, what you got going on? Oh, well, let's definitely plug Nerd Rage, The Great Debates, right? That's the podcast that Willie Scovey is um, and I are a part of, uh, where all of our nerdy friends get together and yell at each other about things that really don't matter. Um, But we get pretty fired up, so that's pretty fun. Yeah. Cool. Um, it's big R going to be on this nerd rage show. We can come on whenever you want, man. We just well, had, no. had a recording. What, what would you? Uh, what would you? Uh, what would you argue? Um, I would argue that I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just fucking around, guys. Just putting you. I mean, recording no reason, next week. I think. Are we doing a live oh, show? Well. Are we doing a studio? We're thing? doing a, a studio recording. Oh, that's right. Anyway. Obviously, it'll have to be like in some kind of zoom zoomatic format but yeah but anyway so no, yeah <laughs> um come fight with some nerds yeah, yeah. i'm a nerd <laughs> i can fight Almost. <laughs> welcome um randy what what do you got you got uh i got your um your 12 inch Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. My Very nice. band, yeah. our two EPs were pressed by Reptilian Records, which is fun. And the first um, pressing's gone, sold out, but it's being pressed again. So, yeah, fun times. Um, uh, when's this coming out? Tomorrow. Tomorrow? Okay. 
So if you live in Oklahoma City, you can vote for, and you live in District 88, you can vote for Marie Turner on June 30th, if you haven't already, through absentee ballot. That'd be fun. And uh, Black Lives Matter. That's all I have to <laughs> say. Excellent. Um, yeah. Um, and yeah, this is being recorded the day after the uh, quote unquote massive rally in, in Tulsa, uh, yes. which is not Oklahoma City. Um, that should be made very clear. Yes. Um, but uh, thankfully, that, that, that event was uh, far more sparsely populated than originally predicted. Um, thank you, everyone, who helped make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't go out. I heard it was, heard it was a bunch of K-pop fans that yes. were reserving tickets. Yes. They're really coming through. Oh, <laughs> really, K-pop fans. Really. <laughs> kind of Pretty like, hilarious. I love it. The Internet's cavalry kind of, kind of storming in when they're needed and taking care of things thank you um anyway uh join us again next week we're gonna have another review of a movie that we enjoy or maybe don't enjoy uh thank you for listening subscribe and tell your friends bye